Well, hello, class of 2023. It's great to see all of your um, beautiful faces out there in person. And thank you so much, Julie. That was great. So, distinguished faculty, family members, friends, it is such an honor and a joy to be back in Charlottesville today um, addressing all of you on, and celebrating this wonderful occasion on such a gorgeous day. And, and I truly thank you all for the warm welcome that I've received. I want you all to know that it really is a particularly special honor for me to be standing up here as your graduation speaker because it literally was exactly 25 years ago this weekend that I was sitting exactly where you are graduating from this very law school. So being invited to uh, back to stand here at this podium and address you on this great occasion feels a bit surreal to me, honestly. It feels a little bit like a uh, one of those magical, you know, Cinderella at the ball moments that sometimes do happen in a life. If 25 years ago, any of you tried to tell me that you had a secret crystal ball and that one day my random subway scribblings as I commuted back and forth to my very first law job in New York uh, would be one day published as a novel called The Partner Track, which would then be taught in colleges and, you know, and law schools, including this law school, uh, in a seminar in ethical values, um, and would be dubbed the, the Big Law Bible um, before eventually becoming a TV series on Netflix, well, I don't really think that I would have believed it myself. A lot of people have asked me, what it's like to be a lawyer turned author with a TV show? And how I mapped out this path for myself. <laughs> I, I truly appreciate this question, but also it does kind of make me giggle because uh, no one has been more surprised by this crazy roller coaster ride than I have. Um, and I can tell you in all honesty that this journey so far has been marked so much more by serendipity than by any actual plotting or design on my part. But as you know, um, hindsight is always 2020, right? So I may not have understood this when I was sitting where you are graduating from this law school 25 years ago, um, but now I do know that I was very fortunate actually that my career path after graduation has not always been linear and did take some unexpected twists and turns and that all of that is perfectly okay. <laughs> so as a law student here um, and as a new lawyer in New York, I didn't always recognize some bumps in the road for what they were, which were opp opportunities. I'm now extremely glad that I took a couple of risks along the way, educated risks, mind you. I'm still a very risk averse person. Um, and that I did take the road less traveled at least some of the time. So whenever people ask me, what has been the most surprising aspect of your career journey since graduating from UVA Law School? Well, the answer is all of it. <laughs> um, yet at the same time, I'm a very strong believer in making your own luck. And what I mean by that is that yes, serendipity, being in the right place at the right time or meeting the right um, human being who somehow brings uh, a lot of joy or or meaning or change to your life. Um, yes, all of those things do have something to do with eventually finding our purpose and one's happiness. Of course it does. But I believe it's also extremely important to do the hard work and the heavy lifting 
of creating our own chances at success. Or at least, and here I will insert a lawyer pun, at least do the due diligence necessary to make it likely that you'll recognize these chances whenever they do happen your way. Now, um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not someone who normally employs a lot of sports metaphors, um, but today I want to make an exception and speak to you as the soccer mom that I actually am. I believe you've got to create your own shots on goal. Um, and that right there is some wisdom that I got from our fourth grader who loves the beautiful game and happens to be sitting there in the audience um, and who makes me laugh and appreciate something new every day. And he even agreed to put on a tie today for y'all's graduation. <laughs> so for those of you who may not be familiar with my book, The Partner Track, you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, great, so it's on Netflix. But what is the story about? Well, uh, to use another law school pun, in a nutshell, it is about the American dream. It is about the ties that bind us. It is about the duties that we all owe to ourselves, as well as to our families, our colleagues and teammates, our communities, society in general, and perhaps most importantly, our own personally held values, beliefs, and ethics. I write and think a lot, especially lately, about how factors like history, family, geography, race, gender, privilege, socioeconomic class, access to education, uh, religion, regionality, freedom of expression, and so many other important influences all impact our complicated relationship with things like ambition, success, um, and the pursuit of happiness itself. I am fascinated by group dynamics and how all of this um, plays out in connection with every personal and professional decision we might ever be faced with at any time in our lives. So take me for example, or perhaps my alter ego, Ingrid Young. Like Ingrid, and I suspect perhaps like many of you, I've always been pretty good at following the rules and sticking to the well-trod, well-lit path. And like Ingrid, I'm an Asian American woman and also the first lawyer in my family. I happen to be born in California and raised in Virginia, not very far from here at all, uh, where I entered my local public elementary school, Ravensworth Elementary, as one of only a handful of Asian American kids. And at that time, at least, I could count on one hand the number of other non-white kids in my grade. I went on to attend high school in Alexandria, Virginia, at a uh, public magnet school called the Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. Uh, known as TJ, and I enrolled there at this science and math-focused public high school, mainly because I got in, <laughs> even though I knew deep down, even at that point, that what I really wanted to do was to write. With the help of a lot of financial aid, I went to college in Massachusetts, where I double majored in English and political science. And to this day, to be honest, I sometimes wonder whether I kind of decided to add that political science major too, because at least it contains the word science in the name. So in college, my on-campus work-study jobs included shifts at Frost Library, where I pushed the metal cart around and reshelved books, um, and the admissions office, where I learned to lead campus tours, walk backwards, um, and advise and meet with prospective students, 
and was also a resident advisor to first-year students. And just generally, that was where I first started to learn to find my voice. So when senior year rolled along, and it was time for all of us to figure out what to do about next steps, I looked around and assessed what I thought at that time were my only viable or realistic options. I was the daughter of first-generation immigrant parents who had sacrificed all and left everything behind when they had to flee communist China in a hurry. And as an aside, growing up, my parents were always huge fans of the movie The Sound of Music, but it wasn't until far, far later, when I was significantly older, that I finally realized why. So my parents and grandparents were among the lucky ones with the means, and of course the luck and good timing, to have safely landed in tai Taipei, Taiwan, and then eventually come to the United States, which was their American dream come true. Perhaps it was their Cinderella at the ball moment. So they landed in California, to be exact, where I was lucky enough to be born. My dad somehow got a first job uh, in the dish room at a fancy hotel. But soon, he became a language instructor by putting himself in a smart place at a smart time. In other words, my dad made his own luck. And both my parents have always taught me to be extremely thankful for creating our own chances like this and then seizing them. So, in college, as I was there evaluating my career path options, I didn't really feel that moving to New York City to try to express myself as a poet was particularly realistic. Instead, I thought to myself, well, what, what do I love? What am I passionate about? Well, I love working with words. Words are my passion. I then thought about the parent-approved troika of career paths. Uh, med school, law school, uh, I don't know, the finance, accounting. Um, and among them, I rationalized, well, lawyers work with words, right? Lawyering is all about persuasive arguments, writing and communicating effectively. Um, so law it was. I took the LSAT and I did well enough to get into law schools and I arrived here um, at UVA in the fall of 1995. So then, as I said, California is where I was fortunate enough to be born and Massachusetts and Virginia, right here, are where I was fortunate enough to be educated. Growing up, both my parents, uh, both of whom have been teachers at some point or other, instilled in me a lot of strong ideas and ideals. Chief among them, number one, that we are all very, very fortunate human beings to live in the United States and to be real, live, <laughs> card-carrying Americans with its many freedoms and its rule of law, which is meant to ensure justice for all. And here I, I'd like to mention that my dad happens to be a bit huge sports fan, especially of soccer and tennis, uh, and the NBA, especially after the whole insanity phenomenon. Um, so I grew up watching my dad always place his hand over his heart uh, and even sometimes tear up whenever our US national anthem gets played at any sort of stadium or arena before any kind of event. And here's another fact you may not know. In the Mandarin Chinese language, 
the United States of America is called Mengua, just two syllables, Mengua, and translated literally, that means the beautiful country. My parents are just about the most authentic and appreciative Americans I think I know. Number two, they also instilled in me at a very early age that the world does not owe me, or frankly anyone else, a living. One really does need to work hard, make your own opportunities, and be wise enough to recognize them when they do happen along. In other words, it's important to have some sort of plan. <laughs> Third, they always said to me, as I'm now saying to all of you, this talented and resilient class of 2023, remember that good, honest work, intelligence, thoughtfulness, of course, empathy, compassion, the ability to listen as well as to talk, and most of all, kindness will serve all of us extremely well. I think that kindness is a free and perpetually sustainable and renewable resource. This is not a zero-sum game, after all. I believe there is enough kindness to go around. So I want you all to know that in my travels, especially lately, I've been truly impressed and inspired by all of you students, or I should now say new law grads, who are all asking all of the right questions about things like, number one, finding workplaces and workplace cultures with level playing fields where you can not only survive but thrive, and number two, places where you can work alongside not just coworkers, people with whom you happen to randomly share office space, but with real colleagues, meaning the kinds of people who might even become actual lifelong friends and mentors, as I have been lucky enough to find at literally every single place I've ever worked since graduation. I have also been really impressed by all of you students and, and other people that I get to meet and talk with who are all being so extremely thoughtful about how best they can use their particular talents, strengths, experiences, and backgrounds to create meaningful, positive change in the world, even at a time when it can often feel like there's so much uncertainty and so many challenges uh, still to be faced. Whenever people ask me what I wish I'd known back when I was sitting in your seats, graduating from this law school 25 years ago, this, in a nutshell, is what I tell them. I wish I'd known to take more risks sooner and more often. I wish I'd known that most people, including big law partners and other bosses and, and colleagues, are not mind readers. Meaning, if there is something in particular that you think you can do and want to do, then raise your hand, open your mouth, and ask to do it. The worst that can happen is that they could say no, but in my personal experience, a lot of the time, even if they may look a little bit surprised that you're the one who asked, sometimes they do say yes. I also wish I'd known to be less terrified of, of uncertainty and of not being perfect. I wish I'd known that it can be perfectly okay, maybe even a wise idea, to step off the track, capital T, capital T, the track, every once in a while. I want to be clear about what I mean by this. I do not mean that you should not try to reach for every star that you want to reach for. What I mean is, just because you've got the goods, and all of you do, by the way, and just because you can collect yet another gold star on the list, it doesn't mean you always have to. 
it's so easy to get so used to and so good at following all these breadcrumbs. So once in a while, just please remember to stop and make sure that they are leading you somewhere that you really want to go. In conclusion, UVA Law Class of 2023, thank you for inviting me to share some of my thoughts with you today. I truly cannot wait to see and hear and read about all of the things that you're going to accomplish out there, my friends. Dream big and be audacious. I wish all of you all of the best. Congratulations. <laughs>